Do you like a good mystery? When I was a child, I loved reading mysteries. For the girls, there was Nancy Drew. And for the boys, there was the Hardy Boys. 66 volumes. I read every one of them. I just loved the Hardy Boys. One of the saddest days in my childhood was when I read the 66th book and there just wasn't another to follow. Well, I moved on from the Hardy Boys to the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And I read all of the Sherlock Holmes series because I just love mysteries. And today, we have a mystery. It is the case of the mistaken identity. The case of the mistaken identity. It is one case in a series of mysteries in this particular portion of Scripture. There are a number of incidents that are going to be related that teach us about the mystery of belief and unbelief. Now, in this particular mystery, like any good mystery, there is a murder and there is a dead body. And this mystery surrounds the identification of this individual. But this is not your usual mystery of mistaken identity. For we know the identity of the individual up front. The true identity is Jesus. We also know who he was mistaken for, and that is the resurrected John the Baptist. The mystery is, why did Herod think that Jesus was the resurrected John the Baptist? This morning, we're going to look at three things in this passage. First, the clues as to why Herod thought Jesus was the resurrected John the Baptist. Then, what is baffling about that ministry? You see, there's always got to be something baffling about the clues. So what is baffling in this ministry? And then, thirdly, there is the great reveal. You know, at the end where everybody's gathered together and the detective reveals the clues and helps you understand all of the events that took place? Well, there's the great reveal, and uh, we want to look at that this morning. But I begin by saying to you, there is a mystery to faith and unbelief, to be sure. We are in a passage which is embedded in a series of incidences surrounding the mystery of belief and unbelief. If you look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, where we concluded last week, it said, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They did not believe in Jesus, even though they knew so much about Jesus, and yet they failed to believe in him. We are in a passage, as I said, that is embedded in a series of incidences surrounding the mystery of belief and unbelief. Today, we learn that unbelief can be quite irrational. 
I'm going to submit to you today that it is harder to believe what is false than it is to believe what is true. It takes more faith to believe a lie than it takes to believe the truth. Now, that only makes good sense because the truth is the truth and a lie is a lie. Therefore, the truth should make sense and a lie, when it's revealed, should be seen to be what it is, a falsehood or a lie. Harder to believe that which is false than that which is true. That's important for us to keep in mind because so many times non-believers think that we are irrational for believing in Jesus. That it takes a great leap of faith. That you just kind of have to put your mind in neutral or deny reality in order to believe in Jesus. But today I want us to see that it is unbelief that is irrational. That not to believe in Jesus does not make sense. And it certainly doesn't make sense in the passage which is before us. We have just such an instance. In the passage before us, rather than to believe the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, Herod chooses to believe that Jesus is the resurrected John the Baptist. So the truth is that Jesus is the Son of God. But he chooses, rather than to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, he chooses to believe that Jesus is the resurrected John the Baptist. Key verses, 1 and 2 of Matthew 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. And he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist, the case of mistaken identity. This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miracles are at work in him. All right. Now, as we unpack this, first, the clues as to why John Herod would believe that Jesus is the resurrected John the Baptist. The first clue, Herod had heard about Jesus. Jesus' notoriety had reached Herod's ears, verse 1. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. That time. That time is in association with John the Baptist's death, and at that time, in association with Jesus having ministered in his hometown, and yet many people failing to believe in him. So in this time frame, we have word coming to Herod. Herod was trying to come to grips in his own mind with who Jesus was and how Jesus was able to perform the miracles that he performed. Notice verse 2. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He's been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. So somehow, Herod had to deal with Jesus' notoriety. Somehow, 
Herod had to come to grips with this Jesus who was doing all these incredible miracles. How could Jesus do these miracles? He rejected that Jesus was the Son of God. So how could he explain these miracles? Answer, he said, well, this is the resurrected John the Baptist. That's how he is doing these miracles. Why would he believe such a thing? Well, the answer in a large part is to be found in Herod's relationship to John the Baptist. Clue number two. Herod had wanted John the Baptist dead. Herod had arrested John, verse 3, for Herod had seized John. Notice the four. The four is a word explaining the reason why Herod would say that Jesus was the resurrected John the Baptist. Herod arrested John. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison. Why? What was the motivation of Herod wanting John the Baptist arrested and dead? Answer, verse 3. He had seized, bound him, and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. So he is married to his brother's wife. And John the Baptist confronted Herod and said, that's unlawful. You can't do that. Of course, that irritated Herod, irritated his wife. And so he has John the Baptist arrested and like to see him dead. So why did Herod only arrest John the Baptist and not kill him? Verse 5. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people. So he was afraid of the uproar that would take place among the Jewish community. For he is in charge of overseeing this Jewish area of the Roman Empire. And it was important that he keep peace. And so he was afraid of the uproar that would come if he had John the Baptist put to death. Why would there be an uproar? Answer, end of verse 5. Because they held him to be a prophet. Because the people thought John the Baptist was a prophet. They'd be upset if their prophet was put to death. John the Baptist had a huge following. And so Herod would like to see him dead, but felt like he better not do that because there's going to be an uproar. Clue number three. So what prompted Herod to have John the Baptist killed? Answer, Herodias' daughter gained favor in Herod's sight, verse 6. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias, remember that's the wife, danced before the company and pleased Herod. And so now Herod acts impulsively. Herod decided to give Herodias' daughter whatever she wanted, verse 7, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And then he not only said that whatever you ask, I will give it to you, but he actually makes an oath. He swears. Whatever you want, you can have. 
However, what she asks for is quite unexpected. She asks to have the head of John the Baptist presented to her on a platter. Notice verse 8. Prompted by her mother. Okay, so she goes back to her mother and says, Wow, guess what? Herod said, I can have anything I want. What should I ask for? Power? Half the kingdom? Riches? What do you think, Mom? What should I ask for? Mom says, ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. You really think so? Think that's what I asked for? Yes, that's what you should ask for. The head of John the Baptist on a platter. So she goes back and says to Herod, what I want is the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Just blows him away. Never, ever thought that that's what was going to come out of her mouth. Clue number four. Herod does, in fact, have John the Baptist killed. Herod regretted what he had promised, verse 9, and the king was very sorry. Nevertheless, Herod kept his promise. Because of his oaths, verse 9, but because of his oaths, and secondly, because of his pride, for it says, but because of his oaths and his guests, because they all heard it, because they all witnessed what Herod had said to his daughter, that whatever you want, you can have. Well, that's what she came back with. He felt obligated to keep his word. So Herod had John the Baptist killed, verse 10. He sent and had John beheaded in his prison. There was no denying that John the Baptist was dead, verse 11. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. Okay, so he's dead. Head severed from body, pretty good evidence. He's dead. Those are the facts. Those are the clues. Number five. Herod releases the decapitated body to John's disciples, verse 12. And the disciples came and took the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. And clue number six. Herod's response to the death of John the Baptist and Jesus' fame. Full circle, back to verses one and two. At that time. At that time. In the midst of all of that, the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. And he said to his servants, that's John the Baptist, who I had killed and decapitated. He's resurrected. That's why all these miracles are taking place. Because John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. So, what's baffling about this case? What is baffling about the case is Herod's irrational response to the death of John the Baptist and the news that he hears concerning Jesus. It's baffling because it doesn't make any sense. It is a totally irrational conclusion. 
how do you get from hearing of the miracles of Jesus to this is John the Baptist raised from the dead? What kind of thinking gets you there? Okay, it's thinking that is outside the box, and as I said, it is totally irrational, makes no sense. So let me begin by showing you how ridiculous this conclusion is, how irrational, how illogical, makes no sense. Number one, John was alive at the same time Jesus ministered. So Jesus and John the Baptist coexisted. They were alive at the same time. It wasn't that John the Baptist was alive, dead, and now Jesus appears on the scene, but John the Baptist and Jesus were alive at the same time. And not only were they alive at the same time, but it was clear that they were not the same person. For John the Baptist baptized Jesus. So here are the two people side by side. Jesus, John the Baptist, Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They, they were together. So how could he think that Jesus was the resurrected John the Baptist when they coexisted. Secondly, John the Baptist had not performed any miracles in his lifetime. John chapter 10, verses 40 and 42 make that very clear. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. Here he stayed. And many people came to him. They said, notice these words, Though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said was true. John never performed a miraculous sign. So why would they think, when these miracles are being performed, that it's John the Baptist raised from the dead because John never did a, did a miracle? So now, why is he ascribing miracles to someone who never did a miracle? Thirdly, Herod had not believed that John the Baptist was a prophet during John's own lifetime. So why would Herod now believe that John was a prophet? For it tells us in verse 5, it was because the people believed it. John was a prophet, that he didn't have John put to death. It wasn't because he believed that John was a prophet. Fourthly, and most dramatically, look at what he had to believe. Look at verse 2. If you underline something, if you, if you underline your Bible, if you circle, this is worth underlining, this is worth circling. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. Now these words. He has been raised from the dead. 
Herod had to believe that John the Baptist was raised from the dead. Now you think about how much faith that would take. The disciples failed to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. They were amazed that Jesus rose from the dead. He told them repeatedly that he was going to rise from the dead. They didn't believe it. They saw Jesus raise people from the dead. They didn't believe it. They saw Lazarus come forth from the tomb. They didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. The disciples do not believe that Jesus will rise from the dead. And here is Herod believing that John the Baptist rose from the dead. It takes more faith to believe a lie than it takes to believe the truth. It is irrational. Number five. This Herod, who was so concerned about what people thought that he initially was afraid to kill John the Baptist and then later too proud not to kill John the Baptist because now he's afraid of what the guests are going to think. He's wishy-washy and goes back on his word. So now goes against what he initially thought and has John the Baptist killed. This guy is, is worried about what people think. Puts his finger in the air and tries to get a sense of, of, of where the crowd is. Wants to please them and doesn't want to displease and doesn't want to look foolish. This guy... Verse 2, said to his servants, this is John the Baptist who's been raised from the dead. This guy publicly now asserts the absurd. This guy now says to his servants, you know who that is? You know who that Jesus is? He's John the Baptist that I had killed. They must have thought he went nuts. They must have thought, you know, you're off your rocker. John the Baptist, raised from the dead? You mean that, that guy whose head we separated from his body? You really think that's the person who's doing these miracles? Doesn't make much sense. Number six. If Herod came to believe that John the Baptist was a prophet, why did Herod not believe what John the Baptist said about Jesus? If he thinks that John is this incredible person who now is performing all these miracles... Why didn't he believe what John the Baptist said? And that is that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, none of it makes any sense at all. It's baffling. The clues do not lead to the conclusion. 
the great reveal. It's time to gather around and learn the answer to the mystery. Why did John, why did Herod believe that John the Baptist was raised from the dead? Why did he believe that Jesus was John the Baptist? And what is the great lesson to be learned? What's the moral of the story? Why is it included in the scriptures? And why is it placed in this particular location? Well, first, what is baffling about unbelief is that the false views of Jesus are harder to believe than the truth of who Jesus is. None of the explanations in Jesus' day of who he was, if he was not the Son of God, made any sense at all. There were many false views concerning Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, just two chapters away, Jesus is walking with his disciples. And in Matthew chapter 16, it says, And Jesus came into the the, uh, coast of Caesarea, Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, thou art John the Baptist. Some say, thou art Elijah. Some say, thou art Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The people said, Thou art John the Baptist. Where did that start? Who came up with that great idea? That Jesus is John the Baptist when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Matthew chapter 14, Herod. And that actually got a following. There are people that bought into that. There were people that said, you're right. That explains it. That's how Jesus does these miracles. It's John the Baptist, that guy that was beheaded. He was a prophet. God's showing his power in him. Wow. He's raised from the dead. He's He's John the Baptist. And then others said, no, but you see, that got the ball rolling. Well, maybe he's Jeremiah raised from the dead. Or maybe he's Elijah came back. Or some other prophet. That's who Jesus is. Wow. Peter says, no. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of God who should come into the world. Fast-forwarding to today. Any explanation of who Jesus is, if he is not the Son of God, 
makes no sense. I can't say that to you strong enough. If Jesus is not the Son of God, then any other explanation of who Jesus is makes absolutely no sense. So, who do people today say that Jesus is? What would the answer be today if Jesus looked at us and said, well, who do people say that I am? First, some people say you never existed. Despite all the documentation, despite all the historicity concerning the person and ministry of Jesus, despite Josephus, despite all of the tradition, all of the history, some people say he didn't exist. That makes no sense. All right. The majority view. Jesus was a do-gooder. Jesus was a person who lived, who went around doing good, healing people. Uh, Some people would say he did miracles. Other people would say, no, he didn't really do miracles. They were just ascribed to him, but but he was a, a good individual, a teacher of the law of God, a fine moral example of how to love God and love one another. He's a good guy. Makes no sense. If Jesus isn't the Son of God that he says he was, then he was a liar. He was a deceiver. He was a charlatan. He wasn't a do-gooder. He was either crazy, delirious, puffed himself up into a credible place where he said, I'm the Son of God, when he wasn't, No, you you can't have him as a good guy if he was a charlatan, if he was a false individual. It does not say, does not make any sense to say that he was a good teacher. One who taught us morality. One who taught us how to live. If he is a charlatan, if he's a deceiver, if his main message is that I am the Son of God and that through me and me only you have eternal life. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If he's not the Son of God, he's not the way. What he speaks is not the truth. He's not the source of life. It makes absolutely no sense to venerate Jesus if he's not the Son of God. It makes no sense at all. So what are we to learn from this? First, We do not have to be ashamed or embarrassed by what we believe in. 
Don't ever be embarrassed or ashamed because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Don't ever let anybody ridicule you for that, for it takes more faith to believe that he isn't the Son of God than it takes to believe that he is. Or shall I say, it is more irrational to believe that Jesus is not the Son of God than it is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. However, and here's the great, great lesson, however, faith is not the product of good sense. We cannot pride ourselves in logical minds that have led us to embrace faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The answer to the mystery of belief is to be found in the power of God and the will of God. Belief is not simply the product of rational thinking. The intellect alone is not the distinguishing factor between faith and unbelief. Now listen again to Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Some say thou art John the Baptist. Some Elijah. Others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, who should come into the world. Next statement. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Blessed are you, Peter. You're blessed because you didn't come to that conclusion by somebody telling you that. You didn't come to that conclusion through your rational thinking. What makes you different from those that say that I'm John the Baptist, or I'm Jeremiah, or I'm Elijah, or I'm one of the prophets, is that God has revealed this to you. God has shown you this. Belief is not simply the answer to rational thinking. The intellect alone is not the answer. So what are we to go away with this morning? First, as I said, do not be embarrassed by believing the Word of God. If you're in my Sunday school class this morning, I, I looked at a, a really an amazing fulfillment of prophecy that uh, is one more authentication that the Bible is the Word of God. Faith is not irrational because truth is not irrational. Truth makes sense. Falsehoods do not. Truth is real. Falsehoods are not real. So understand that faith is rational. 
Number two, understand that what we believe universally, I mean, what we believe, I'm not just talking about Christians, what individuals believe is not simply a product of rational thought. But there are a lot of impetuses for why people believe what they believe. Superstition. Some people believe that they're having a bad day because a black cat walked in front of them. Or they went under a ladder. Or they're having a good day because they have a rabbit's foot in their pocket. Or they're wearing a cross around their neck. Or they've read their horoscope. And they believe that because of the sign that they were born under, that explains the kind of day that they are having. Superstition. Some people are just ignorant. They just don't know better. How much did Herod really know? I don't know. Did he know that John the Baptist baptized Jesus? I would think so, but maybe he didn't know that. Maybe he really was clueless about a whole lot of stuff. There are a lot of people in this world that are clueless. And getting more so. Do you realize that a majority of people in America can't explain what Easter is about? I didn't say that they don't believe what Easter is about. I said the majority of Americans can't tell you what Easter is about. They don't know that Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're ignorant. And so they believe a whole lot of other stuff. Because they've not even heard the truth. They're not even familiar with the truth. And so they believe other things. Some people believe simply because that's what they've been taught. That's what they've been exposed to. The culture that they grow up in, they learn. Maybe they were in foreign land and never heard about Jesus and they've been taught some other religious system. And that's all they know. Maybe some people, just like in Jesus' day, heard that Herod believed that Jesus was John the Baptist, and so they're going to believe that Jesus is John the Baptist. You know, there are a lot of people today that believe the Bible isn't the Word of God because scholars have told them that it's not the Word of God. There are a lot of people that believe the Bible is filled with errors because people have told them that the Bible is filled with errors. Not that they know it for themselves. Not that they can give you all the examples. It's just what they've been told. And so they believe that. They've been told it's crazy to think that Jesus rose from the dead. And so they believe that. And they've been told that Jesus was a good man. And so they believe that. But they don't know all of his claims. They don't know all that the Word of God teaches concerning Jesus. There are many, many explanations. 
But bottom line, bottom line, the difference between those that believe in Jesus and those that don't is the power of God and the will of God. Blessed are you, my brothers and sisters, because flesh and blood has not revealed to you that Jesus is the Son of God. It's God that's revealed to you that Jesus is the Son of God. And it makes sense because it's true. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the truth of Jesus' life ministry, miracles, death, and resurrection. Oh, Lord, may we never be ashamed. May we never back away from our conviction and our proclaiming the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. May we learn from all the crazy people around us that postulate such strange things just like a Herod that publicly was willing to go on record and say that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead. When we think about the crazy things that people believe about life and death and the hereafter, oh Lord, oh Lord, give us the boldness to stand up and declare what is true. Knowing that it makes sense, knowing it is the truth, and then praying for people, for knowing that we cannot convince them by our arguments. We can't convince them by the facts. We can't convince them by showing the irrationality. But it's going to take a work of your spirit to grant that wisdom and insight and understanding and faith. So, oh Lord, help us as we unabashedly, unashamedly declare the work of Jesus to ask for your spirit to accompany and to anoint and to open the hearts and minds of individuals to believe in the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And may it result in great praise to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.